3: Welcome to the Pulp Wrap-Up Show. This is Darkseid from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry where each week myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky that week's Pulp Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at All right, let's wrap this
4: thing up. Some great racing between a couple of Australian brothers. Big uh, mechanic big guy. Me- putting the fingers in the different holes or whacking the moles going... Brrr, they look
5: was... like they don't even know each other and they just battle each other out yeah. for money.
4: Uh, I'm going to sail down my chocolate river on my unicorn and eat candy co- candy-coated candy clouds. That would go against the Pulp Mac show where we shit on riders yeah. all the time, but that's fine. If someone tells me they're flying me across the country on Spirit, I'm out. I'm committed. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Honestly, right. JT and, and, and the other guys drag them down.
6: No, you guys are the backbone of the sport, for sure.
4: If we can bring in
5: JT, it might just force them to quit.
4: He's like Wayne Newton. Coming from, you know, a place of caring here, when I criticize this. Stop yelling red butt over and over and over into the microphone, all the announcer. That just gets it's on my just nerves. Tradition. It just gets on my nerves. Yeah. I absolutely <laughs>
5: hate it. It's good. Carno changer yeah. program. Right.
4: This is not fun. Hey, I can't move my shoulder. I can't throw a football. Yeah. I Joey can't curl his toes. A Ray a- Ra- yeah. can't move his like. But this that
5: is- stuff's really important. You make more money at a barrel race than you do racing a supercross.
4: Mathis, get it. You know, start start raising the money. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll just yeah. get right on this, and we'll just you know get this going. Like what the hell.
5: Hairs down to, like, here. Yeah. And he's just riding the Supercross <laughs> track, just throwing whips off the triples and stuff. You, ma-
4: you made it more applicable to, you know, the real listeners of the shows. I'm fucking Make changing it. your life. Oh, I am I should be your life coach. <laughs> I got your haircut. I got you a name, Jamie. I got you a job. Yeah, get, to keep Pookie. Yeah, sure. Have her. Yeah. I heard when Justin, <laughs> Justin Cooper, whatever.
3: talking shit on Steve Mathis.
4: <laughs> you probably will. you probably start some anonymous thread. Guys like Harriman's buddy that just think I'm an asshole. Look at what I'm doing for my buddy There's Jamie, some. my friend Jamie. <coughs> the pony was chok- choking on the oxygen. Basically, the same squid. It just may as well be called the fucking dark side pod.
3: Welcome back, and guys, calm down. I'm still here. Still here for another Pulp MX wrap up show. Maybe not that much longer, but we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. We got lots to talk about this week, so let's get rolling. I'm Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show, Vital MX, Racer X, Pulp MX. Soon to be taking over Moto Limited and also part of JSR Motorsports. I'm brought to you by Steel Savers tonight, the number one fork seal protection in the industry, but I've got a couple great guys on the line that uh, have a few things to say about the show, I believe. So uh, without further ado, let's get to the first guy. First up, he's one of the top privateers in our sport. He was in studio Monday night as a co-host. He is the guy behind JSR Motorsports. He's brought to you by Guts Racing, my son, Justin Starling.
5: How are we doing? Everything good? I'm having have a good time. I'm not Christian Craig, but I'm here. There's one Christian who Christian Craig. That's two. Uh, I don't
3: know who that is. Who is that? I've never.
5: Do no, I Oh, he's I, an absolute legend
3: in Big
5: what? Fan. In what? Uh, just everything in life, actually. That's uh, I think three times I've got his name out now.
3: Well, yeah, there's only one more mention. So uh, Christian Craig.
5: All, All right. We, we are done
3: <laughs> with. Uh, yeah. So. With that, let's get to our next guy. Uh, he's from the land down under. He was a host of the. He was the host of the Moto Limited show. He's he's been nixed. He may not know this yet, uh, and he may know a little bit about World Supercross. And I think we'll probably touch on that just a little bit tonight, if we can. But he's brought to you by Michelin bicycle tires. Nick, still,
1: 2022 Western Region Supercross champion. Christian Craig, everybody. That is that's who Christian Craig is.
3: That is a fine because that is too many mentions.
1: No, it's not. No, we're, we're, each, we're good. Each.
3: oh four each? 10. Oh, my
5: God. Yeah. No, we're good. We're each. Wow.
3: Okay. Well, this is going to be super exciting. We're going to talk about show 509 tonight with Justin Starling in studio, Joey Salvacci on the phone, as well as Cole Seeley, Brandon Haas, and then uh, Devin, as Steve says, Harryman. Devin Harriman joins later in the show. Really good show, I felt, Nick. Um, the co-host wasn't bad. I mean, he's all right. What uh, What'd you think of 509, Nick?
1: Dude, I, I liked it because I liked the difference in, you know, it's not all right. It's, you know, you've got some team managers there. You've got a dude that's coming back to the sport. You've got Joey Savace as well. And then some privateers. I liked it. I thought um, I thought Savati was really really good. I think his interviews are getting a lot better than they used to be. I agree. And then uh, I like hearing Brendan Haas. I like hearing about the teams and you know some of the the behind the scenes stuff that you wouldn't really get to know when, uh, unless Steve was doing, wasn't doing it.
3: Yeah, that's true. You're right. And I do like it when it's not all just riders. I like some other you know industry people. Uh, Brendan Haas, I thought was a fantastic interview. Uh, Justin. This is where, actually, I want to get into this right now. So, you know, Steve asked if you were on the, going to be on the wrap-up show. He loves, he always wants me to have, like, the in-studio co-host on the wrap-up show, which, to which he said this about when I said you were going to be on.
4: You, you made it more applicable to, you know, the real listeners of the show.
3: I don't really agree with that, Justin. Like, I feel like all the things that we're going to talk about from Monday night, you've already had your say on. So, Steve and I differ in this. I kind of want to get your thoughts on this before I get your overall thoughts on 509. Do you feel like having Monday's co-host on that week's wrap-up show makes sense?
5: Yeah, I'm not really the biggest fan of it, to be honest with you. I really like Steve and his tall ceilings, but I think his <laughs> idea here is a little off. Um, just because I like to be able to hear two people's sides um, to what they thought of the show, not listening to one person repeat themselves after what they Already said on the show, and then only having one side uh, give their opinion on it. Um, so I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I mean, we're here. We can give it a shot, right?
3: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. Obviously, I've voiced that, but hey, it is Steve's show. So every once in a while, we got to give him what he likes. Uh, like my idea is, I felt like, I told Steve this, let me get Justin on next week. So then he, because Steve was always like, well, then he can kind of, the co host can kind of tell you, like, oh, what went on behind the scenes and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, let's get Justin on on the next show on the wrap up show. He could still talk about the behind the scenes stuff from the previous week, but also give his opinion on new content from a new show. And of course, he just tells me I'm an idiot or whatever. But
5: you know, I, I would s- like that actually a lot.
3: Oh, thank you. I think, I'm, yeah, Nick. I mean, we're all leaning to Steve being wrong and me being right and me taking over. Where do you uh, land on this topic?
1: I've been in that situation as well where we were in studio, then we did the wrap up show Mm -hmm. and it's hard because you feel like you're just repeating yourself. Um, yeah, I thought I'm siding with you guys on this one.
3: Good. Okay. I was, I was worried that you were going to side with Steve because, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but you trying to, uh, you know, stab me in the back and steal my wrap up show. We're going to get to friends and how they do each other dirty later, Nick, but you, you be prepared. Oh, I will be. All right. Let's get right into the Lawrence brothers discussion from early on the show so we can get it out of the way. I'm curious to hear Nick's thoughts on this, being as he's from Australia, but he hates the Lawrence brothers. But (laughs) let's listen to a little bit of what they said, and maybe Justin will have some new content for us tonight.
5: That was one of the best 30 minutes I've ever seen of watching They were 30
4: seconds ahead of third. Crushing and if you it, just
5: watch the times per lap, they're just creeping away.
4: Yeah. And then I think at some point Jet was just going inside. Like yeah. that, that was second moto, it was third moto of the day. I think Jet was had better lines than Hunter and then uh, you know Jet was making that little bump into the, the little uh, breaking bump jump yep. into the corner. Um phenomenal in two riding spots
5: he was doing that. Yeah. Even in the spot where Hunter passed him by just bombing the inside, I think Jet was being a little too cautious there to do that type of stuff mm-hmm. and that's where Hunter just was sending it. Yeah. You can't even put them in the same category at this point. Thing about Jet's riding style? Yeah, he just looks like just a younger Sexton in a way. Uh-huh. Even though they're not that big of an age gap, they're just so much alike. Jet is just so technical, but he sends it too. He's like aggressive, mm-hmm. but like picture perfect. I don't know really how you want to say it, but he, it just it's like. Kill to to me,
4: like him. Uh, the old saying "slow down to go fast" is Jet. Yeah, like he is just going brrr, and keeping his momentum up. Yeah, and he's not breaking loose. There's no, no there's no like uh, uh, too much throttle and breaking no. loose. There's no under throttle and going slow. He's just forever carrying his speed. He's not breaking loose. His, no. he never, he hits some of those ruts going, you know, third gear, half throttle or whatever, and then he would just make it work. Yeah,
5: he wouldn't bounce. He wouldn't stand up. I would say his brake rotors have got to be the coldest ones out of anyone on the track at the end of a 30. It just literally flows through everything. Yeah. He just uses like uses every rut berm by leaning to slow down. Yeah. Like that's how he yeah, slows that's down.
4: That's what it is, I guess yeah. you're right. That's what he's doing, right? Yeah. he's using his And that's body. with
5: the standing up thing. Like, right. He's just so perfect and centered that he can do that. I really like Hunter this year. I feel like he's pushing it to the next level and, and it kind of showed that second moto how bad he really wants to win. So seeing him push that hard on the last lap, running the fastest time of the race, the dude wants it. So for me, I like to see how hard he's trying. Um, not that he's not har- trying that hard in the, in the past, but, no, but yeah, it just seems like he wants that next step more than ever. So. But I think
4: Hunter looked really pissed. He,
5: uh, he looked the, furious. Well... JT has been so. Yeah, to me, I agree. I mean like, even when you see them come into the uh like the tents behind the podium, uh-huh. like Jet comes up and like high fives I mean, you can just see like he just almost goes yeah. straight to sitting down and looking forward. yeah. like yeah. he was upset.
4: And then right after the checker's flag, right after the checker flag, he didn't do anything, he didn't like yeah. like okay, so you just had this awesome battle with your brother, right? Yeah. Your best friend in the world and all this you think you'd be like, hey, thumbs up? Or yeah. hey, I know you're you're mad, but you think you do something? Yeah,
5: no acknowledgement. It would have been a heard. great like situation for fans if they had dropped their bikes and like hugged each other.
4: Right,
3: uh, Nick, I'm going to go to you first, but before I do, listening to this, hearing how honestly how good Justin's analysis of the Lawrence brothers and their riding technique is, like Justin's come a long way as a co-host, and I, I wanted to ask you this a minute ago, and I, I didn't get to it. Like, how do you feel Justin was as a co-host Monday night, and has he improved over his uh, in studio appearances?
1: Dude, I, I literally, I was, I was going to get to this as well. I think he's just as good as he was. I always thought he was good at what he does, and especially with this, and and like you just said, then the analysis of how he breaks it down, both going through Jet, going through Hunter, and then obviously at the end, I agree one hundred percent. And you know, I I think of it and I look at it as if I. Wasn't a huge fan of the sport, and I was listening to this. That would give me in depth of what I need to know about that situation. I think uh, I think Starling's one of those dudes that can do it and be serious, but he can also be funny. Also, you yeah, know, have the, the the piss take on the high ceilings and stuff like that. <laughs> that's, that's what I like to see of uh, uh in in his studio co-host. So I'll definitely give him that one for sure. But talking about the Lawrence brothers, um, dude, it's. That's demoralizing to other riders. That's the only thing to say. It's, uh, it's rough.
3: Yeah, you know, and I, I've asked this before, like, every week, right, there's going to be something on the Lawrence brothers. And it's deservedly so. But I know some people are eventually, they're going to be like, okay, I'm sick of hearing about this. But, the, like, this week, especially with the way Justin broke it down, it was really interesting to listen to. My biggest thing was I definitely agree with the boys that Hunter looked pissed. I think JT was wrong. Um I want to ask you this based off that I'm going to ask you too Justin like like can you see a time let's say you know this year maybe next year at some point those two brothers are going to come together one of them is going to take the other one out not on purpose probably and like do we see a a ripple between the brothers for you know a period of time maybe 6 months they're mad at each other and they're not it's not the same is what we're seeing right now. Can you see that scenario coming after what we saw with that battle Saturday?
1: Um, I, I don't know if they're going to take, take each other out or something like that. What I, what I can see being the biggest issue is when we get later into this season, and we are getting to the later stages of it. These guys are going to be going for it. And unfortunately, someone's got to be the loser. Someone's going to be the winner. I think that there is the tension. Um, that we're finally going to get to see with how these guys are going to handle each other in their careers, and I think mm. that's going to be the first, the first pay tales of, of what's going to happen. But I agree, dude. Uh, Hunter was pissed, I've, I've, yeah. yeah. I've grown up with Hunter a lot of my life and stuff like that. Hunter was pissed.
3: <laughs> so, Justin, we already know your thoughts on this because we just listened to it a little bit. But what I want to ask with a topic like this is like it's sort of a general discussion topic. When you get to Steve's house, do you kind of say, Hey, man. What, what are your thoughts? What are we going to talk about tonight? Do you, you know, or do you just kind of wing it and go in blind?
5: Uh, honestly, I just kind of wing it. Um, he, like he gave me a little thing on basically trying to figure out who is good and bad from two riders from each class. And that was the first time he's actually given me some sort of quiz on it, you know, and Yeah, I usually just wing it and kind of just go into it. And I think that I work better that way. Okay. Um, If you put me in a structure, I will usually overthink it. Mm. um, And then it probably won't go that well. So for me, like sometimes I get a little lost with some things and I probably should have done some more research, like when it comes to Brandon Hawes or something. But I like to just wing it um, and just kind of just go with what I think, you know. And, And for me, if I was to write something out, it wouldn't come out as genuine.
3: Okay, I was gonna ask you like if you would rather almost have a table of contents like printed out where Steve's like, "All right, it, it's you know six o'clock, we're gonna talk about this at six fifteen, this guest comes on, or I'm gonna ask this." Like I was wondering if you would want a structure, but clearly not. That's cool. Um,
5: yeah, no, I think I'd rather just just send it and just yeah. kind of whatever happens happens, and and he knows how to run it, so it's really you just follow Steve's lead. Yeah, and um, you know he he'll always direct it in the right way, so.
3: Uh you had made a tweet before showtime Monday night about you know Steve asking Pookie to fix his hair or that Steve Pookie was fixing Steve's hair was there actually hair discussion hair content going on or is that just a joke
5: No there was uh <laughs> I, I don't it. remember how it started but Pookie was yelling upstairs and was like "Do I need to do your hair or, or something along those lines I can't remember exactly how it went and, yeah, with the curtains that Steve has to to put off the uh, the studio, it was just it sounded so muffled <laughs> that it sounded like he was so far away. And immediately in my head, I'm like, "This is a tweet I have to make. Like, I can't <laughs> not tweet this right now." Um, and they weren't far from each other. They were like 20 feet, but just the way that he had to yell down yeah. through the curtains. She just was 20 like feet was- below in the other story. Yeah, and it was just so funny. And like he was like, Nope, I showered, but it just sounded like he was yelling across the house and he was just like, Nope, I showered, my hair's good and all these things. And I'm just like, This is really funny.
3: Yeah, yeah. It was a good tweet. I I uh I still feel very proud that I brought that up last week and started a whole thing. Um like I felt like that was one of my best calls ever where I finally got Steve back just a little bit and yeah, I hope that's I hope that's a runner. I hope the uh the hair with him is now a runner for a while. Justin, something else I want to ask you about. You made a comment while talking about Sexton Monday night that like, you're just waiting for him to tuck the front end. A little bit of history we've seen with him. How, what has to happen to break that from, where you don't feel like, okay, I'm still waiting for the same old Sexton? Like How long do we have to go? How well does he have to do? Is there a, Can you see a line where you're going to be like, okay, I think he's not the same guy anymore?
5: I think we're getting close. Um, And and by close, I mean within one or two races maybe. I I don't know because if you watch him in Supercross, he can lead, 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 and then tuck the front. And then he's had some really big get-offs. And the thing that makes me think that maybe it could be more gone is maybe the shock is working better for the rear of the bike, but it's helping the front of the bike. So maybe those types of mistakes aren't going to happen um i don't know what the pressure is going to do to him in the future with the red plate and the possible championship um so you have to look at it a little bit with that but yeah man the way he's riding right now it's kind of hard to say anything you know and i mean when you win the first moto which should have been like 17 18 seconds but he backed it down but like he he's phenomenal right now and it's really hard to say anything negative to it it's just one of those things that's so hard to to know if he's going to do the standard sex in crash. Yeah. Well, and I mean, he threw away at Lakewood. Yeah. And I, like you hope that he doesn't right. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly like Lakewood. Yeah. He had the lead, had the, had the wind wrapped up and you was like four corners away and just a dumb, that was a dumb mistake, you know, on his part, but it was still just a mistake. So yeah, you have to wonder if those, those can happen or, or, or when it, if it's going to happen. Cause I don't think they have, they get fixed. I don't think that's something you can fix and not happen. It's just, happened less you know
3: sure makes sense uh nick another topic that was discussed during that general discussion it was they talked about Dungey obviously and justin kind of said man when this first got announced like i thought it was a joke this can't be real uh were you also one of those guys because i mean we have kind of heard for a year a couple of years now right he's been trying to get a ride maybe i think it was with geico there for a while and some other teams trying to get something done but when you heard he was gonna race outdoors did you buy in
1: one hundred percent the exact same as Starling. Okay. Especially someone said someone said it to me, he's like, Oh dude, I'm pretty sure he's gonna arrive at the KDM. I was like, Yeah, okay. And yeah, I was like, That's just I thought some I thought it was just, you know, one of those stupid vital rumors. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, hey, no, easy, thought- easy um, easy. That's a fine. <laughs> I thought it was a rumour or something like that and then it came out, I was like, Okay, okay, I have to I have to eat my words here. So uh, yeah, if that's the craziest thing to come out of twenty two then uh, I don't think so, but yeah.
3: Hey, I gotta ask you, Nick. What's a KDM? <laughs> <laughs>
1: all
3: right, moving on. Uh, well, hey, all right, real quick. After this break, going into Redbud, how much does Dungeon improve, Nick?
1: You know he's going to improve. Um, I I don't know. I I, I I it's the argument as well with me is I don't think he's going to get a podium. Really? I think he's as close gonna as be, he was he's this just-
3: last weekend. He was so close.
1: I just if a couple guys go out, yeah, I just feel like he if he gets a podium, it's going to be something where he might luck into it with you know another rider having say the second moto not as good or something like that. But I don't know, dude. I just feel like these the 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 top five guys are just too good.
3: Man, at Southwick, he'll podium, and he doesn't even have to start with everybody else. He can come in towards the end of the lap, and he'll be fine.
1: You want to put? We should put a bet. Darkside, let's do a bet.
3: All right. We'll, we'll talk about that off the air. Let's move on to another topic that came later in the show, the best national track. This was a little bit of a discussion. Uh, let's listen to what they said. We'll get it, we'll discuss ourselves.
4: Why is Red Bud the
6: best national?
4: It's not the best national. Well, I just read the questions. It's not the best. So it's the best atmosphere because it's a holiday weekend and America loves uh, July race. 4th. Right? But it is not the best track. It's really good. But Millville's a better track. Mm-hmm. It's not the best track to travel to, all right? Because you got to go Chicago or South Bend, which is shitty flights. Expensive. Um, expensive. So it's not the best track to travel to. It's just the best atmosphere. But honestly, honestly, and it's coming from you know a place of caring here when I criticize this. Stop yelling Red Bud over and over and over into the microphone, all the announcers. Rob Bidas, Tim Cotter. Stop it. That just gets it's on my just nerves. Tradition. It just gets on my nerves. Yeah, it's tradition. It's just stupid.
2: It's the best overall national though. Yeah,
4: uh, I disagree. If you want to go everything, all in, fly yeah,
2: that, would be the, that
4: would be the best flights, convenience, track, viewing. I might go Colorado. Colorado? Yeah, I might go Colorado. Yeah. yeah. I c I, I I can't push back against Colorado. If you went Millville, I would have to push back because you're you're leaning on the track too much.
3: Uh, Justin, so I'm going to go to you first. I knew you were in studio. Uh, but I think it really kind of depends on what your your uh, opinion of the best national is. Like, I think they talked about travel, and that's fine for when you're talking about media and racers, et cetera. But most of the people that go watch, spectate, are probably from the area. So the travel's not really necessarily an issue. Um, I think it comes down to track, you know, how good the track is raceability-wise. I mean, we had a hell of a race at High Point this weekend. Uh, That was one of the best, the best national so far this year, in my opinion. Lakewood was maybe second. But I guess it really depends on what you use to rate the best national, right? I mean, there's a lot of factors that can go in. The best crowd, I mean, Redbud probably has the best crowd. Uh, So what criteria would you personally use for best national? And not as a, I don't want, not as a racer, let's just say as a fan,
5: Yeah, I mean, if you want to go off racer, I think Colorado, then if you want to go off of as a fan that wants to enjoy the race, you it's tough because I don't know if Red Bud really has the best viewing because it's you can see one side of the track and that's it. Yeah. You know, like you kind of have to pick one or the other to to view. So it's tough to say if that's really the best or if it's just like the Red Bud and lot b is really just like <laughs> been the thing of it you know sure, what i mean sure. so i don't know i mean if to, for me i think if you want to look at something like i always think millville is super cool to watch you know like just seeing you can see everything from one area except for the rollers
3: go, yeah except, for, yeah, the except rollers. for
5: the rollers they go away for a second and come back but you can venture over there for a second and see it, and then come back like i don't know to me i would say that that's probably the best um but yeah, I mean, it there's it just kind of depends on which way you want to look at it. But yeah, it's tough to really go against a red button the grand scheme of like how big it is.
3: Okay, fair enough. Uh, Nick, do you have thoughts on this? I don't. Have you ever made a national?
1: I haven't been to a national. I've been to about ten supercrosses, but well, we're not talking supercross, Nick. With, we're talking about nationals. For me to go to a uh, for me to go to a national is still fourteen hours on a plane just to hit America. So yeah. it's like I. would it doesn't bother me if I travel, but, you know, talking from an Australian point of view, Redbud seems to be everything. Everyone's impressions of nationals, uh, Redbud is everything. Dude, I, I really want to go to Washougal and Millville are my two that I uh, want to go to, but hopefully uh, next year I might go to a couple.
3: Yeah, I, I have only been to Redbud for MXDN. I've been to Millville a couple times, Lakewood, Hangtown, Freestone back in the day. Of the few that I've been to, Millville is my favorite. I mean, they're all pretty much a pain in the ass to get to, other than a couple, uh, but the track, the facility, the the creek, you can jump in the water and cool off in the middle of the day. You know, like I just I, – I like Millville. I like the vibe there. Uh, the, the Martin family is awesome. That's – that's. but I haven't been to all of them to really, you know, to judge them all, but that's that's my pick. I thought it was kind of an interesting conversation. Again, just depends. Like the people that live in Washougal, I mean, probably Washougal is their favorite national because it's their national. So, again, just depends on the criteria you want to use. Uh, Hey, you guys know about Michelin motorcycle tires, the Starcross 6s. Again, Starcross 6 tires, you want to buy some Michelin tires, there is a deal going right now. You can go to your local vendor, your local dealership, or any online retailer and order some Michelin products, and you can get a gift card back, whether it be street. I think if you buy street products, it's like a $50 gift card. Uh, If it's a dirt product or a bicycle tire, you can get $30 back until the end of the month. So you guys got about a week or so left on that. But Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of this Pulp wrap-up show. And in 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as myself and mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, Visit bike.michelin.com for info on the many products, the extensive range of bicycle products, including the Wild Enduro tires, the E-Wild, the new BMX Pilot 20-inch tires, or any of the road models. Appreciate Randy Richardson and Michelin being on board. Uh, Nick, one of your guys, or was one of your guys, Joey Savacci, made a reappear- reappearance Monday night. And man... I, I didn't cut anything specific from him audio-wise because there's a lot of things he talked about. I just sort of did a montage. But I feel like Joey is a guy that has been through the ringer mentally. He is a guy that I think maybe ha- you know a lot of people have, I don't want to say mental health issues, but he struggles with things when it comes to mentally. He, he talked about being a shy guy. I feel like th- he sounded really good. I think you may have said that a little while ago when we were talking. He sounded really good Monday night.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and, you know, um, he is, he's alluded to it before with mental health, and he was really, really open about it, which is super cool, and, and, and talked about it from an athlete point of view, but, dude, every time, uh, it's a its a comfort thing, and, you know, I learnt more and more from him, you know, talking about with Steve, how he was saying, he is a shy guy, and he doesn't approach people, and he, he might come across like this or like that, because he just doesn't know how to uh, take those those moments and stuff like that, which is cool. That makes me think of him differently. And, you know, that makes the average fan um, probably more of a fan of him because they can, uh, you know, they can see some some traits in him that are like them, and that's all that fans like. I think he's, uh, his interview is really good. I think he's getting better and better at it. I think uh, this whole pro motocross season can definitely put his 450 career back on track, and uh, I think it's trending in the right direction for him. Yeah, it looks good. I, I like. I,
3: I'm glad you said what you said a minute ago about after this interview Monday night that you sort of see him a little different, maybe. Because I, you and I have talked, and Justin, you don't know this, but I've reached out to Joey numerous times over the last couple of years to try to get him on the show, and I think Nick has had some tried to, you know, reach out to him. Yep. Zero response. Absolutely zero response. The last few times I've seen him at races, I've walked up to him while other people might be having conversations. He does not even look at me, and there's a little bit of me going dude, why are you being a dick? You know, and he just doesn't acknowledge you at all. And then when he talked about this being shy and, you know, not really knowing a lot, talking to Wiederman yet, I was like, okay, this is actually a personality thing, like where he's uncomfortable. Like it it sort of, I was being, uh, I was like, I was taking it personally and it probably was not a personal thing, Justin. So this interview Monday night, just on a personal level, definitely made me reevaluate how I see him and almost be a little more sympathetic towards him.
5: Yeah. I mean, I've known Joey since he was maybe 10 years old or so. We're at MTF together. Yeah. And he's always kind of been that way. Like he's not the easiest approachable person because he doesn't really look like he wants to talk to you. But once you talk to him, he kind of slowly starts to open up. And of course, like, My look at him compared to your guys' look at him is going to be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, but he is—he is a really nice person. He is just a super shy person as well. Yeah. Go ahead. He might be kind of, and maybe a little bit, just like kind of socially awkward in that sense. So he doesn't know how to handle it. It's out of his comfort zone, and of course, when things are uncomfortable, we usually don't do it. So true. Um, I can see why he doesn't speak to a lot of people, and I can see why he gets looked at like that. But it's not in a negative way towards anyone. It's just who he is.
3: Yeah, for me, I I felt a little bit of a personal hit because I have interviewed him before on the show. I've talked to him at races before, and then the last couple times, like I felt like he was just – he was purposely, it felt like, not acknowledging me. But then I interviewed him at Lakewood, and he was fine. So, again, yeah, the, the Monday interview was good for me. Um, I think <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I, it It kind of opened my eyes a little bit, again, to – the type of, you know, the, 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 personality issues or not necessarily issues, the personality traits he has, but let's listen to this montage and we'll maybe talk about a few of the things.
2: And the first moto was good, but second moto, I, I got so fixated on taking the same gate. And in reality, it was, it was a bad judgment call and that gate was not good. It was too hard underneath. So I got a lot of spin, but I, I say the second moto was better because I just had more in the tank. Right. I was able to make that late race charge. You know, obviously the result yes first moto was better, but I think uh riding wise you know second moto was better, but either way like yeah. it was a, it was big it was a big improvement I think that ties the fifth in that first moto ties my best uh moto finish outdoor um ever okay and and that's, and that's coming off of I don't even have three weeks of riding yet you yeah. know so. The amount of improvement that we've made just in the last week or so ha- has been a lot. But from the first round till now, it- it's been, uh, it- it's honestly, it's been astronomical. I'm, I'm able to start breaking bad habits that I've formed in the past couple of years on motorcycles that maybe I wasn't the most comfortable on since moving positions uh, or teams over the last couple of years. I've kind of had to force myself into being more open-minded and, and trying stuff. Yeah. And the bars were one thing that I've pretty much ran the same way my entire life. And it was something that had intrigued me for a while. And I noticed that Jason also was on the crossbar the first day he rode the bike. And then I went and did some research or some digging. And I saw that the next day he posted, he was on the bike. He was back to the fat bar. Yeah. So <laughs> I kind of picked his brain a little bit. But for me, it it, there wasn't a lot of difference the only difference that i could tell was just a little bit less feedback through the bars you know like if you start getting down in the dumps and just being bummed out about it, it it honestly it takes a toll on you mentally and sometimes it just feels like the injuries take longer and um you know so for me like when when i have been hurt i always just have something that i mark down whether it be um mentally or actually on a physical calendar but always something i look forward to so at the end of the week you know, if you get clearance for this, or you'll be that much closer to going back to the doctor to possibly get released. You just always have to have something that you're chasing. Oh, did you know your crew
4: chief Oscar Wordman much before you uh, joined Cali?
2: No, um, obviously I, I saw him around a lot. Yeah, um, and I'm all, and I'm one of those guys too. And I'm, I'm sure I've said it before; it comes off as maybe being standoffish, but I don't go out of my way to say hi to people if I don't know them just because I'm. I am honestly kind of a shy person. I don't... I'm not comfortable with um, unfamiliar territory, uh, I guess you could say, and, you know, like when I don't know somebody, I'm not going to go out of my way and start a conversation with them just because that kind of stuff makes me... I don't want to say nervous, but it just makes me a little bit uncomfortable and... Mm -hmm. I should probably be better at about doing it and I've talked about it but it's just so much easier said than done. I went and got a Corolli jersey, you know, after after the races. I walked over there and asked him if I could have one and signed it. And people were busting my balls about it. But dude, like, you know, me being a little bit younger than him, like I always Yeah uh idolized the guy. Like the guy's a legend.
3: Yeah, Nick, I, I love the, that he went to get a Caroli jersey, just like a, you know, a random fan. That's pretty cool. Makes me not feel so bad about trying to, you know, get stuff from, you know, a Justin Starling jersey one of these days, maybe. But uh, that I, I really like how he opened up, though. You know, we you mentioned when he was on Pulp, maybe the last time he was on, where he really did get into the mental health side of what he deals with. Like he really, once he gets interview doing an interview, he's really good about being honest and open. Even though he's shy, it's kind of a almost a contradiction, but his interviews are really good.
1: I think it's you know, he, he talks about it there when he when he gets to know someone, he starts to feel comfortable, and obviously he, he feels comfortable with Steve and, and talking. You know, they've, they've probably spoken more this last year than they have uh, any time in, in Joey's career, so that's, that's it's awesome to see. And I love it when riders open up because we. We get to learn things, and uh, we don't feel so bad when they don't reply to us. Stuff, right, <laughs> right. So, very, very true. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think of it very differently now.
3: So, uh, Justin, we kind you—you of, you realize that he's been through a lot of injuries, but then not necessarily as a fan or whatever. You don't always think about the lingering effects of some of the injuries. And he really talked a lot about that too, right? Like the, the PTSD of putting his knee out and just not being able to curl his toes. And like, sometimes an interview like this really opens your eyes to what a guy's been through or what a rider like yourself, even, you know, the, what you put your body through and the lasting effects uh, that, you know, sometimes we just kind of forget about, I think.
5: Yeah. I don't think fans realize what we actually go through. Um, right. Right. And especially it's, it's not, just on race day, but through the weeks too, you know, like I've rode one time since Salt Lake cause I'm just kind of letting my body heal again, you know? And a lot of people don't understand that. They just think that we're bodies are perfect and we're making millions and millions of dollars. And that's not the case. That's so, so far from it. Um, so when we're kind of down in the dumps, it's usually because we're dealing with some stuff and it's not always ideal. And I wish more people could see that, but it was really good to hear him, kind of like, you know, translate that a little bit out of his words where, you know, it looks like he's coming back on a factor team and things should be great and it's, you know, it's not perfect, you know, yeah. but he's he's making do, you know. So, yeah, a lot of people don't understand the stuff we go through, but it was it was good to hear him be so transparent about it and not hide it. I actually really really like that part of it.
3: I did too. Another thing that got brought up was and this got brought up a couple of times throughout the show, but with Joey, it Steve was talking about, and I think you did too a little bit about the track conditions, how steep some of those hills are last week, it was discussions of like how off camera some of those turns are, and you know, as a viewer on t v you really can 't tell and and Steve brought up like Red Bud right in two thousand and two, I think it was where they let the guys go out on the track afterwards, and he got to take some laps I'm like this is not fun, and when i 'm watching a national Nick, you might be with me like i 'm just an average vet rider when I watch those guys ride i'm like that does not make me want to ride a dirt bike. That doesn't look fun. Every corner they're in, like you just see the, the front end drop off in a hole. And it's like, it doesn't look fun. Like, I just want to ride on it when it's a brownie, like a perfect brownie early in the morning and go spend some laps. But yeah, just watching the racing, Justin, like sometimes makes me go, why do they do this? It doesn't seem fun at all
5: yeah i mean the tracks are brutal yeah uh, i think that was one thing i brought up was on tv you can't tell how steep the hills are at uh high point those things are insane and it was actually cool i watched troll trains vlog from the weekend and he even brought up that the videos and everything they've watched just doesn't do it do, do it justice and it really doesn't i mean the track is like when i watch it i'm when it comes to the outdoors i'm a pretty fair weathered guy yeah I, I want the brownie cake as well and you know super <laughs> cross you can give me whatever but When I watch the outdoors, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I I can do this. Like this, yeah, this doesn't look too bad. But then I get to the point where I realize, like, wait a second, this is TV. This doesn't look as gnarly. And then like that's it goes back to Supercross too, where fans are like, oh, why isn't the guy doing that or skimming the whoops? Man, get down on the floor. It changes your whole perspective on it. And those people just don't understand how really gnarly the tracks were. And then when I was able to go to Thunder Valley, I was able to see the track in person. I was like, wow, yeah. I'm good. I don't yeah. want to be out there, you know, no, like, thank you. that doesn't even look fun, you know, like I don't even enjoy this, so, yeah, it's uh, I wish the TV could could show it more, um but yeah, man, those' these tracks what what looks like the hills aren't that bad, they are way steeper than you think,
3: absolutely. hey, Nick, I got a general question for you, man. Um, Justin sort of gave his opinion on this a little ago, but when it comes to show content. There are planned, there's planned content, whether it be the tweets, the X brand, tear offs, et cetera. And then sometimes we just, they, the show goes into a spontaneous story or humorous antidote. What do you prefer? Do you like the structured content of questions and writers, you know, questions to writers about setup and track and et cetera, or just the bullshit talk that turns into basic bench racing?
1: You've got to have those questions there uh-huh. to formate to, to format the topics to go off track. Um I like uh, I like when the bullshitting and I like, you know, hearing things that you don't hear the writer say or, you know, stories that you would never know. And that's you know, that's what we all love about Pulp. I think to a certain degree you have to have some structure, but that just sets it up to, to go its own way. So I, I think I think Steve, you know, has has mastered that. Way of doing that, you know, to uh, and you, you can tell when it's getting out of control and Steve's starting to get to the shits and uh, wanting to bring it back on track, and that that's just another thing that I like to watch, so uh, right, I think sure, he's, uh, he, he's worked out how to do it 100%. Yeah,
3: he's figuring it out. Uh, how about Cole Sealy, Nick? Cole, Cole's back, MCR 250. I really i didn't pull any audio from that interview, is fairly short, short but. I kind of you got the feeling he sort of talked like man I really want to go 450 but then hey they wanted me to do 250 and he kind of accepted their reasons which were good reasons right less pressure building back up getting back into racing but it's really it, it was a nice quick little interview from Cole man it's good to have him back excited to see what he's going to do um, of course he's going to come in racing series that you're you're kind of helping out with uh, what do you th- what do you think of Cole Seely
1: yeah, I think uh it was good what I what I take out of Cole's interview was excitement and that's that's all I wanted to hear was was something yep. like that and he generally sounds um excited to come back and race and and uh to be a part of it and it was interesting to hear how it actually came about um you know just joking with JB under the uh under the truck there it's, so it's um it's cool dude I think it's uh it's going to do good and I, I really like this rule that um world supercross to come out with, with the supercross and no pointing out and you know, you can come back. I think it's only going to extend the, uh, the career of so many guys. So um, it's going to be good. I'm excited to see Cole back racing for sure. Me
3: too. Justin, when you look at a guy like Cole, you know, stepped away, you know, the, the opportunity wasn't a whole lot of opportunity. I think at the time when he stepped away, decided to kind of call it, but then you, you, t- you take a little time off and you go, Oh wow, man, I really miss racing. Like I remember why I like to race. Can you see that being something you do at some point? Like where you step away, you know, and then maybe go get a real job and then you're like, oh, no, I need to come back. I, I want to race. <laughs> or does it make you want to just keep racing when you see guys like him and Dunge come back?
5: You know, it's 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 hard because my career has been totally different than theirs, right? Sure. So I think I probably appreciate things a lot more, you know, and mm. then, then they do where they get so sucked into this and having to do this where I I race in Supercross and I take my summers. Off, you know, I I enjoy my life, and so I feel like what they took off their time for the last couple of years, I do in the summers already. So I think I'm I'm already there, you know. So when I come back every time Supercross season comes around, I'm like super anxious to go racing, and I'm excited, and then I just love everything. So no, I don't think I'll ever step away and then come back. I think when I step away, it'll be when it's done, done, um, and which is you know ten years or so away. I hope. Um, but yeah, I thought Cole retired too early. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just always my opinion, and I've always liked him a lot. And for me, it was it was too early, and I think it was, you know, he didn't have that spot at Honda for the following year. And he was also had that pelvis injury and, you know, so on and so forth that it probably spooked him a little bit. And, yeah, he,
3: he had a couple scary moments.
5: Yeah, so I, I can see why he stepped away, but I think he knew the whole time it wasn't time. And, mm-hmm okay as soon as there was a possibility to do something he was like yeah it's i need to come back and so for me i'm super excited to see him back i think that's going to be sweet um and honestly on a 250 with how much talent he has and he knows what it takes work wise if he's willing to do that work man sky's the limit with him i could see him win that that uh the 250 championship for the world stuff and then he he's on a good bike where that bike could be on the podium with ease uh, next year uh, in this in Supercross in the states. So, I mean, he's got a another big window that could really come up and maybe you know check some stuff off that he wasn't able to check off before.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this: you made you made me think of a question when you were talking about the difference, you know, not having not being in the same position as a guy like Dunge or Cole with your career. Do you think? take away the money right from a factory ride. Do you think being in the position you're in where you're doing your own thing, there's still pressure, but not the same kind of pressure. Do you think overall your career, you would, you enjoy what you're doing more than you would if you were in a factory position with all the demands, all the pressures, all the expectations.
5: It's tough to say, you know, um, I, I have no pressure with my program. Uh, that's one of my favorite parts. The only pressure I get is from myself, mm-hmm. um, knowing what I can do and then I just have to do it. Um, it's, you know, when, when I look at my B level teams I've been on, um, I was given so much pressure, but given such mediocre equipment that it was really hard to do the job. You okay. know? Then, then, you know, when you look at the people that have rode for said teams, the results are the same that I had. So you look at it like that. It's like, Hey, maybe it wasn't just me, you know, or, or so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, I mean, my bike is really good. Everything's really good with my program that, you know, I sure I I would probably kill to be on star Yamaha or factory Cowie or KTM. I I would probably love every second of it, but, and also the money that would come along with it. Sure. Of course. Uh, um looking on the grand scheme of things, I just genuinely love what I'm doing right now and the way it is that I know deep down I would never change anything. Um I, I've turned down multiple rides even for next year already. Um I won't take any. I'm very content with where I'm at and what I'm doing. And um yeah, it's I mean, granted, like I said, if a factory team hit me up, then it'd be a different story, but That's not the case, and I feel like my program is just as good, if not better, than a lot of the B-level rides. Okay, good to hear.
3: Uh, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and Darkside MX. If it's style and performance you want, you come to the right place. Check out gutsracing.com for more info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. Man, the seats are good, Nick. I don't know if you got one on your, your green bike or that, that you know, it's not a Blue Crew, but it's it's a Kawi. But if you don't have a Guts Racing seat, seat cover, you're missing out.
1: Uh, I've actually got a, uh, one coming for a Honda. I've got a twenty-two Honda at the moment. Which, oh, uh, okay. I got one co- coming for, so uh, we'll see how it goes. I've heard, heard really good things there.
3: Yeah, it makes you like at least a second a lap faster, isn't that right, Justin?
5: Yeah, I don't I don't run the cover. Uh, okay. I run SKDA, which oh, is actually right. Australia. Yeah. You run the foam, um, but I do run the foam. Yes, and it's it's absolutely the best foam I've ever used.
3: There you go. You heard it from one of the top privateers in the business, Brandon Haas, owner of Club MX. Brandon's a good interview. Uh, I've talked to him once before. He's been on Pulp before. The team budget stuff, Justin, I bet this kind of hit home a little bit with the stuff you've been having to deal with, you know, running your own team. Uh, You know, a lot of discussion Steve asked about, you know, private team versus factory team. And I like Brandon's response of, you know, it's kind of motivating, like the David versus Goliath thing. But yeah, getting parts, he talked about the difficulties of getting parts and uh, all that. I'm sure that's something you have to deal with. But I really enjoyed kind of hearing how he deals with that stuff and, you know, and hoping that things expecting things are going to be a lot better next year, even that, that you know, they're progressing.
5: Yeah. I didn't expect him to throw out the numbers that he yeah. did. I, I expected half of that uh, at max. So when I heard that that was a million dollar program, I was pretty floored to be honest with you. Um, but that's awesome that that team can be that, you know, that's, that's a factory budget for those littler teams, you know, that are factory supported. So mm-hmm. that's uh that's pretty badass to hear. I was pretty excited for the all the guys over there that that it's like that, you know, and my program is a lot smaller, so my budget doesn't even need to be anywhere near that, you know, it's just me. So it's a lot different. Um but it was cool to see, you know, to hear how transparent he was with his program and and stuff like that. You know, a lot of teams, if you ask them their budget, they're gonna be like, "Oh, it's good enough," you know, <laughs> right, right, uh, or something like that. Or I guess nowadays it's, "Oh, it's not enough," you know. But he was uh, he was super open about it in the way he does things, and and I thought that was really cool. I uh, I actually didn't know much about him going into the show, okay. So I didn't have much to say to him during the show because. I did notice you were kind of quiet. Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, I just never have spoken to him or really understood his placement with the team or anything. I I just never really paid attention. So um, with that stuff, I was pretty silent just because, like I said, just didn't know him and all that. But it was cool to uh, to kind of hear you know how much goes into it, and then it also you know a little thing for me but it kind of solidified how well my program runs when i was only three points behind amar at the end of the season so <laughs> uh just little things like that kind of made me excited you know on, on the outside but uh yeah he seems like a really good guy you know and i know his program that he does at club is really good because um, a lot of riders do go there and, and they all seem to excel a lot um but yeah like i said just didn't know much about him uh I, now if i was in, like to to go on pulp and have him call in again, it would be a little bit different, I think. But, uh, yeah, I actually gained a lot of respect for him.
3: Oh, cool. Good to hear. Uh, Nick, something else that was I liked, again, him being somewhat o- open, when Steve mentioned Jeremy Martin coming there next year, and he was kind of like, yeah, I didn't really think we'd ever be able to get a guy like Jeremy Martin or afford a guy like Jeremy Martin. And like that, he wasn't like, yeah, man, we've been building to a spot where we're going to get elite guys. He was like, wow. He was kind of surprised himself.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm just going back to what Starling just said there. The, you know, the only word to describe that, and you know, what he does is is respectful. So, I I think it's um, you know, that's just the reward. I think the the past few years, you know, they've taken strides every year to be bigger and be better. And I think uh, I think they are going to be exceptionally good for JMA, and then I think uh, he's going to return that for the uh, you know where he finishes and what he does for them. I think uh, he's going to be great for the team to to take them to the next level. And I think they're going to be able to give him exactly uh, what he requires, just just like Brendan was saying. So um, it's going to be good to see. I just, I don't know. i I to ask you both. Do you feel like uh, March Banks is going to be riding at 250 in Supercross? Or do you feel like March Banks is not going to be there next year? What's your What's your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I kind of. Well, I I I think he wants to be 450. Obviously, um, you know. I mean, that's whether he can get a 450 deal is yet to be determined. But I didn't get the vibe that it was like the best relationship. Which actually, before we answer that, before Justin answers, let's let's listen to a little bit of the the March banks discussion, and then we'll we'll answer that question.
4: Speaking of Garrett, uh, strong start to the outdoors for him. Uh, he's moving up to 450s. And he's been right around 10th place every moto. I think you got to be happy so far with March Banks this summer.
6: Yeah, I am. I mean, coming into the year, we weren't healthy. He got hurt his shoulder at uh, Salt Lake. You know, Garrett, in a nutshell, really needed to work on, you know, managing his moto time and getting more experience racing and just overall composure at stake. So we felt like the 450 class would offer him that opportunity I don't think he's had a chance yet to show his real raw speed at least what we see here at club I mean we have days we're just mind blown and Alex and everybody will take a back seat and just be like wow but we're not quite ready to I don't think throw him push him that hard yet we really just need to keep learning the ropes and Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. executing on all levels but I think as the season goes on and of course, you know guys are going to start petering out, and injuries will happen. I think we got to be there for the long haul, and and hopefully build some confidence and momentum heading into next year. So in two hundred and fifty class, he thinks he can win. You know he's
4: won before. He thinks he can win. He he gets rattled when he gets passed. He makes some decisions that aren't always the smartest on the track. He rides very aggressively, and all of that. I think because he's like I deserve to be you know up front or on the podium or whatever. And this class, it's a bigger bike. You know, he's racing Tomac Sexton. He's, you know, just trying to learn, and he's just calmed down and let his skills come through, and we're not seeing the mistakes from March Banks.
6: Yeah, I think you're totally on, Mark. I mean, that, that, so that was actually one of our, our priorities. Uh, I would say our goal number one was let the bike do the work. Garrett needed to learn these lessons, and I think to have the composure to possibly make a 250 run at a championship level someday, he's, he's going to need to be skilled mentally, physically, and the skill set on the bike i mean everybody can agree he's got skills on the bike he can go fast
3: uh so justin i'm gonna let you answer nick's question but yeah i kind of get the vibe that Brandon's like look dude he's he's gonna have to grow up a little bit you know and i wonder if there's some tension there or if it's just brandon being you know a coach father figure kind of thing
5: uh yeah i hope he doesn't go 450 next year Uh, i hope he does stay down (laughs) okay but yeah no i have heard that he is kind of maybe a little difficult to deal with Mm -hmm. um or he can be kind of like a big baby at Mm -hmm. times and maybe pout. Or i don't know for sure this is all like second third hand stuff um but it's i've heard maybe a little bit more negative uh about him than positive and maybe that kind of shows where he got kicked out of pc pretty quick and and stuff. I don't know. This is all speculation. So I could be wrong, and if I am, I feel bad. But it's just stuff I've heard, and and um, you know, I, yeah, I, get I it. don't know. I don't know his full his full deal there, and everything that's going on. And you know, if he wasn't at club, I really don't know where else he'd be uh, or where he could go. Um. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of a, a weird thing, but yeah, I I have heard that there is some uh, maybe not tension, but there is some parts where they think that he should maybe. Uh, you know, be, be a bit more of a man and, and not complain so much.
3: Yeah, and Nick, I would think... See, I kind of lean towards him not being at club next year because of some of those things that Justin just said. And they have a pretty tight-knit, almost family or, you know, group there. Uh, between, you know, Amart and then J-Mart's coming over. I guess Amart probably won't be back. But then Enzo, those guys are all pretty tight. And I could see those guys coming together and being like, dude, this guy's got to go, man. He's bringing the, the whole vibe down. Um so I'm going to lean towards him not being at club next year, but yeah, I don't know where he would go.
1: That's interesting, man. I I don't know where he would go. Um, I mean, he's got talent. Uh, so
3: somebody would pick him up, but whether it's,
5: you know, it would have to be like an AJE or, yeah. or something along those lines, which, you know, I think from a million dollar program to those, it's stepped down, which wouldn't be good for him.
3: Right. Agreed. All right. Before we move on seal savers, Fork seal protection. If you guys don't like changing fork seals regularly, got to get you some fork seals. For 22 years, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the first and the original fork seal protection that protects your forks from dirt, dust, rocks, sand, and mud. Seal Savers will also, or will always continue to innovate and improve, which is what led to the development of the easy to install Zip-On Seal Savers. Not only do they have a full line of products for your motorcycle, Seal Savers has essential products that are crucial for the performance of your side-by-side and mountain bikes. Seal Savers is the ultimate protection, so enter code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. Yeah, it's good stuff, man, especially guys, if you guys are, uh, you know, the, your hillbilly group out here in the East Texas area and you like to go mud and throw those things on your fork, your uh, four-wheelers or on your UTVs and it, it'll save you a lot of damage, a lot of wear and tear on mud getting up in those fork seals. So hit him up. Sealsavers.com. Uh let's do the Kairoli discussion a little bit. Um, what do you think of that there, Nick? So Steve has been saying, you know, like he had a rant last week where he's like, man, I can't, this is ridiculous. You know, KTM can come up with the money. There's no way they can't come up with the money. How could they have this ambassador over here and you know not keep him here? And then it kind of sounds like uh, KTM saying, well that's not
1: exactly accurate. Yeah, that one was interesting. Um, I'm just surprised we never heard anything like a a press release or anything from, from KDM in America or... KDM. Uh, KDM. The whole the whole thing in America was was super weird and then for Steve to come out and say that, it, there's, there's got to be more to the story. And I don't know. I got a gut feeling we might see him again um, towards the end of the season, but... Yeah, I just feel like it wasn't spoken about or, you know, nothing was, was, was spoken or said about it. It just, just disappeared. So, uh, yeah. it's, it's odd. It's odd for sure.
3: I heard a rumor that he might be on a JSR Motorsports Uh,
5: We <laughs> run gas-gas.
3: Well, I mean, it's same thing. Same, same.
5: True. Same, same, but different, but still same. <laughs>
3: right. Okay, so... Justin, you're there early. Uh, you get some, you know, there's almost always some uh, industry discussion, some things that maybe can't go on air. You don't have to get details. Did you get more to this story than we got on air?
5: No, I didn't. Okay. Uh, I didn't ask, didn't even really think about it, to be honest with you, because this is, I'll give you my little input on it. And, All right. Um, again, could be wrong. It's just me thinking, but he. Agreed to a deal coming over here before, you know, like or before he raced. Like that was all signed, sealed, delivered, I guess in forty five minutes if you look at we just show. Like it, it was super quick. Yep. Now he knew the deal and to race the two past the first two kind of seemed like that was his decision. Um and maybe he maybe it was misconstrued in like whatever the interview was that he wasn't getting paid bonus and He knew that in advance. So if you, for me, I don't really know where you go with that. Um, But yeah, he, he knew the deal. So I don't know if he's bummed or if he just was like, oh yeah, well I'm not getting paid bonus. So I'm not going to keep racing. You know, he's paid as an ambassador. So it's kind of a weird thing if you ask me.
3: Yeah, I agree. I was, yeah, it's it's a weird situation all the way over, but I just, I don't know. I feel I, I want them. I, you know, personally selfishly want them to figure something out he needs to be at all the rounds he needs to be at redbud millville it's just good for the sport justin i think it, it's just well i don't know it's good for me it's good for entertainment to have him out there the, i like the guy
5: yeah i i love him being here i think it's super cool i think it's good for our, our industry and it's something we yeah, need right now
1: i agree yeah. i think i oh. know why he left world supercross no, there was uh there was an incident with the twenty eight and he knows he doesn't want any of that heat. Oh Jesus. Who's twenty-eight? <laughs> what was that guy's name? Uh C- Christian Craig, uh Justin. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard Got of it. it. Yep. It's Paige yep. Cra- yep. yep. Craig I, I Craig's husband. I've
3: heard him. Paige Craig's husband. Oh, okay, you have. Yep. Cool. Nick, so Devin ha- <laughs> Devin Harry, man. He uh he came in a little late into the show. I've never met Devin before. Devin sounds like he could just Absolutely beat the shit out of you. Uh, when you just listen back to the audio, he's, he's got a pretty damn, he sounds like a badass. I don't know why his voice sounds badass to me, but as a co-host, he didn't seem like he really follows the show a lot. He didn't know a lot about the show, but I still thought he had some good insight. I thought he did really well for uh, a guy that I don't know that he's been on air you know, too often.
1: Did uh, Did someone blindfold him and carry him up the stairs? Did he know he actually did go up a set of stairs? With, you know, the whole second story in the,
3: the oh. house. Thing. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did ask, I did say like, it's not, Oh, is this a two story? Right. Yeah. Well, it is kind um, of a loft. I mean,
4: I, yeah,
3: I, it didn't have a, like a standard set of stairs going up to extra bedrooms, like a normal two story house. So I think I know what he meant, but that was pretty funny.
1: Yeah. I thought he was, I think he's a cool. guy. Yeah. I yeah. like hearing about, I like hearing about the, uh, you know the the racing the horse sort of stuff I do. I I think that stuff's super interesting, and uh, I think we should request to change his name permanently as Harry Man because it just works. <laughs> if it works Devin better. Harry so, uh, Man. Harry, yes, Harry hyphen Man even. <laughs> I like that.
3: <laughs> uh, I thought he was. Good. How well did you know? How I mean, you guys are pretty tight, Justin.
5: Yeah, I've known Devin for a few years, yeah. um, and then like last year during the East Coast swing, and they the daytona orlando races he stayed at my house okay yeah that's right um yeah. yeah so i know i know him pretty well and he also did all my canopies and all that stuff. that's right year, yeah yeah
3: so, yeah you talked about that
5: yeah, yeah. No, i have a i got a good relationship with him when steve said he was in vegas and wanted to stop by i texted him i was like or i called him i was like yo well, you're in vegas like what are you doing here and he was like oh, i just kind of just went for it and i was like cool we'll see you tonight you heck know? yeah that was good i like so, i like
3: having guys pop in like that
5: Yeah, no, he's a a really good dude. Uh, Really genuine person. Uh, Yeah, he's a a good dude to have around. All right, next topic. This is a hot one.
3: I'm just going to play the audio, and then I'm going to give you my thoughts.
1: I just kind of want to hear your opinion on uh, Jeffrey Hurling's officially proposing a challenge
5: to Eli Tomac for one-on-one. So
4: Hurling said he wants to race Tomac at Southwick? He
5: said any sand track, and then they kind of – Decided on Southwick, and he said, "You know, leave it
1: rough as shit. Rent it out on a Monday, just groom the start straight, and just do one on one." Which obviously, there's more details to that. Like, does he use his, you know, his frame okay, from first, GPS? Okay, 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 wait, 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 wait Spencer.
4: That, like, this isn't happening. Who gives a shit? Like, it ain't gonna happen. No, no one's doing this. It's, it's, no one's putting money up. No manufacturer supporting this. No one's renting a track. This is this is just fantasy. This is like, you know. Uh, I'm going to sail down my chocolate river on my unicorn and eat candy co- candy-coated coat candy clout.
3: All right, a couple things, Nick. First of all, Steve was kind of addicted to this guy. I mean, he just called in. And, like, you don't know shit, Steve. There might be... Three years ago, somebody said, Nick, uh, there's going to be a privateer race... Right, you know, the day before Supercross race, that's they're going to do Pulp MX Privateer race, and they're going to give away a shit ton of money, more than even Supercross gives away. And all the fucking factory teams are going to be in the stands watching. All the 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 team managers, everybody's going to be there, and it's Steve Mathis's race. That's going to happen in a week. You'd be like, uh, or no, that's never going to fucking happen. But it happened. So you know what? I believe it. Hurling's Eli Tomac, Southwick. It's going down,
1: but why was Steve such a dick to the guy? I don't know. I think it's more funny than anything. I think it's Steve's reaction that's yeah. funny. Um, it was funny I think that plays it plays it out to me. It's like, dude, I'm I'm I can sort of side with Steve. Like, okay, like it, it's who let's gives honest, a shit. It's probably, it's probably not going to fucking happen, and who really cares? It's uh. You know, it's great marketing from Gypsy. He he nailed it again. (laughs) What do
3: you mean, who cares, though? I care. Justin, don't you care about this race? This is going to be a great race.
5: Yeah, there's a zero shot it's ever happening.
3: Man, whatever. You guys (laughs) suck balls. (laughs) Both of you suck balls. Well, here's the rant.
5: Tomac's about to retire, and then Hurlings is so injured right now, he can't even race. He's going to
3: retire retire after Hurlings whoops his
5: ass at Southwick. Until it happened at Redbud this year, where he got or last year, two years ago, whenever they did the nation's last, and he got <laughs> last it, year, this year, to him. <laughs> I don't remember what year it was, but it was <laughs> nineteen, just absolutely annihilated. So yeah, no, I'm not going with that one at all.
3: Okay, here's the rant in regards to people bringing it up.
4: My race tech rant. I had a few things lined up, but honestly, uh, I think that phone call and the tweets and the the DMs I got about the hurlings tomac race is now my race deck ran of the night like look uh those guys race against each other a lot usgps uh uh, motocross the nations even indiana they're both badasses they're both two of the best kind but yeah i don't care about some imaginary race at imaginary track where they're just going to race each other i got a dm about it that he said get a who's paying a hundred thousand dollars why would Cowie or ktm let them race one race in the middle of It's just, yeah.
5: That idea is so far. I mean, I get why he was saying it. No,
4: it's fine for Jeffrey to say that and be like, this is what I'd love to do. Wouldn't that be cool? But then for the fans to take the next step up and be like, how do we do this? What track would it be? What frame would he ride? No.
5: (laughs) They go so in-depth with it. How many tear-offs is he going to use? Yeah,
4: Like, just stop it. Like, I'm not mad at Hurlings for saying it because it's all just... Fun bench racing stuff But when you start like Breaking it down And being like Seriously I got a DM Seriously Mathis
5: Let's get this going Maybe he's trying to do it Like McGregor and Mayweather Have done yeah, you yeah, know, the, like hype, hype things right. up to try to make more money that way. It's but just Cali, never gonna happen.
4: I, I said Cali earlier. Yamaha and KTM are not gonna let those guys. Yeah, no problem. Go race. Yeah, like no, they're not gonna do that. These hey, guys we get, don't
5: care. Look, look, let's just stay Monday get, and yeah, do this. Yeah, it's 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 just
4: ridiculous. They get paid millions of dollars by their OEMs, and but uh, you know I people see saying, hey, they saw the Yamaha LCQ thing, right? And they're like, Mathis, get it, you know, start start raising the money. Okay, all right, yeah, I'll just yeah. get right on this, and we'll just you know get this going. Like what the hell. What the hell?
3: Justin, how many tweets, DMs does Steve get that are people really knowing they're going to rile him up? Like Some of these people, yeah, they probably believe this could happen, but some of the people, when they send shit like that to Steve, it's just to rile him up.
5: Are you sure, though? Because I, I think, think he's so. Got some pretty big carrot-loving people <laughs> in it. yes there are some i mean i i have to wonder you know like because i get some messages too on things and i'm just like dude what are you messaging me for like what do you think i can do about this (laughs) right right does it make i got messages about the hurling thing. like what do you think you think they're gonna do it And i'm like why are you asking me like no no they're not doing that well you're wrong i reached out to eli today
3: and i got i got some insider news nick you want to hear it
5: pictures or it didn't happen
3: well
1: i can't Uh, yeah let's Hit me with a dock thought.
3: Eli did say that Southwick was inaccurate. They are both going to enter Red Bull straight rhythm and they're racing straight rhythm. Eli versus Hurlings. He- it's the, it's the, uh, intermission in between the semis and the mains of the Red Bull straight rhythm. It's done. Signed.
5: Uh, that seems safe bottle, for Hurlings. He hasn't rode any super gross.
3: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just fucking, obviously that's not true. It's, but you never know. Now now, Vital, my new boss, it'll be all over Vital. dark side said. I
1: can't <sighs> believe that Michael Lindsay is your boss.
3: We're going to get to that. We're almost there. Before we get there, though, Motosport.com. Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to get... Re- to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at motorsport.com. All the sponsors of the Pulp mix Wrap-Up Show are available through motorsport.com. Go to pulpmix.com, pulp Show.com, click on that motorsport uh, icon, go there, buy you some stuff for your dirt bikes, your ATVs, etc.
4: Uh, all right, well, let's get to my call i mean i got a um i got a dm from a listener who says okay. that he says that i need to make a line in the sand for 2023 that you either do the wrap-up show or your own show and that's it you, i can't have yeah. you being competition i can't pay you to do a show and then help you ha- uh, pay for your own show which is competition to my show
3: Okay. Well, that's a pretty easy line. I know where I stand.
4: Where do you stand? <laughs> Later.
3: I'm not, I'm not stopping my show. We're for you, Steve. You're not stopping?
4: <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I thought there'd be more of a debate than that, Starling. Uh, he, he he shut that down yeah. yeah.
3: If we want to renegotiate what the wrap-up pays me, we could talk,
4: maybe. I don't think I make enough all year to go to a race with what you pay me. You're not that smart. Okay. Hold <laughs> up Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I'm fucking Maybe. changing your life. I am I should be your life coach. <laughs> I got your haircut. I got you a name, Jamie. I got you a job. Do you and think you'd have Michael. any
5: of this if you had your pony still? Exactly. Thank you.
4: Are you getting out of there? Like, this is the whole thing. I'm trying to get you to change your life. Started awesome. from the bottom. Mm.
5: He's almost there.
4: Right? He started with That's a works. Texas-based podcast that he took from somebody that he had a... <laughs> stole it. Stole it. Think about what you just said. I started with a podcast I stole from somebody. Yep in yep. Texas.
3: Next up another podcast. I'm going to steal from somebody in Vegas. Oh. Uh,
4: oh boy. I'm looking I'm looking to cash out. So this this show's for sale. Uh
3: okay, Nick, yeah, Mike obviously we hadn't got to the vital stuff in the audio, but um thoughts on Steve. He get he got me my name Jamie and he got me a haircut and he got me a job. Uh yeah, give me give me your thoughts on this whole process as you continuously try to steal this wrap-up show from me.
1: It's it's all trending in the right direction, Side, and I, uh, I think it's, I think Steve's the man behind it. You know, you look at the common de factor out of it and, and make it uh, who it is. It, it's Steve, so I uh, I think he is your life coach, and I think uh, scary. I think he, I think you owe him. I think I think you will always, forever be in the debt of one Steve Mathis.
3: Wow. Okay. All right. I don't know how yep. I feel about that. I will say that he definitely. Had a huge hand in the vital thing coming. Um, last Monday during the show, if you guys remember while I was on the phone and Lindsay was in studio, he said something. I don't remember if he said it to me or he said it to Michael, but he's like, I think he told me like, you need to get with Michael, you know, he needs help or call Michael about a job. And I kind of just blew it off as a joke. And like Tuesday or Wednesday, he texted me and said, Hey, have you talked to Michael Lindsay yet? And I was like, oh, I thought you were joking. So I called Michael and Michael was like, yeah, man, we, I'm in a group text with Weege and Steve. And I was talking about needing help and they're both like, dude, you need to hire, you know, you need to hire dark side, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, yeah, big part, big shout out to Steve for once again, making moves for me, but I love Justin, how he's like taking credit for like giving me my name. I mean, I don't know. He tries to take credit for a lot of stuff. That's kind of silly sometimes.
5: Yeah, at this point though, can you argue it? You know, like he uh <laughs> he's done a lot for you. So yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, take it. If that's what makes him happy, <laughs> right. keep going with it because he can only just keep going more for you and you know, maybe in the future, yeah, you you take over uh, you take over Pulp Max. I, you don't know, you know. These are things that you just genuinely don't know. So I think uh, yeah, I mean, the dude's done a lot for a lot of people, but I mean yeah. he's really taking you to the next level so yeah you got to be pretty thankful for it right well
3: yeah i I am thankful for it And uh, thomas victor and i talked today and we're we're coming up with a plan to buy out steve so thomas was not willing to buy the pulp Mex show from steve just and have steve host it but now that i might take over thomas is in so coming soon the moto pulp show yeah how do you feel justin about a friend that goes behind your back and tries to take something from you? Uh, not ideal. Yeah. Nick, how do you feel about that? Nick?
1: Nick? Um, let, me just, let me just ask Justin first how he likes the name of uh, the Christian Craig Pulp Mex wrap-up show. How does that feel? I like
5: it. Take it. whoever Whoever's yep. taking something, uh, as long as it ends up with that, as long as it's Christian Craig Pulp Show, I'm in.
3: Wow, yep. Nick. Uh, thank, I thought thank you thank and you, I were tighter. Yep. Uh, I mean... As your father, put,
5: I would put money into that. Jesus. You guys are killing me. Uh-huh. Just get fed up. <sighs>
3: <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> well, big things coming. Big things coming. But yes, I guess Michael Lindsay is my boss now. Uh, my, I, I'm writing six articles a month for Vital. One a week on like a privateer or a mechanic, et cetera, et cetera. One a month that is one of the bike builds on the forum. I'll interview the person building the bike, talk to him about that. And then one article of my choosing a month. So six total a month. And yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't really know where I'm going to come up with the time. If I'm being honest with everything I have, but I've already done, let's see. I've done two since Sunday and I'm interviewing Dino tomorrow. So, and uh, Justin, I'll be reaching out to you very soon also. So yeah, thanks.
1: big things. coming. Are you still
3: sticking with Racer X? So. so, we confirmed today that I can still write the column in the magazine, the 10 minutes with column that I do. That, that's once a month. Uh, they're fine with me still doing that. I will probably not contribute any anymore to the online segment because anything I would do there, I might as well just give it to Vital and get paid for it. So, yep. But, yeah. So, yeah, Racer X, Vital, Pulp. Moto X Pod show, Moto Limited coming soon. I'm 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 will be a part of everything, man. I gotta get my I gotta get my hands in a little bit of everything. Grinding, Justin. Grinding. I mean that's what you gotta do, right? Oh,
5: oh it sounds like you're gonna overload here soon and topple over. Oh yeah, that's um, coming. Trust how me. How long how long until you get rid of your Moto X pod show and then <laughs> just go full bore into these mainstream ones?
3: Yeah, I don't see the Moto X pod show go anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, it might get cut back a little bit. But um yeah, not right now, man. That's That's where uh, all the, like uh, right now, that's where all the finances come from for me to go to races and et cetera. All all our sponsors.
5: I gave it two years. Two years is a long way, long time. I (laughs) I just, Hey, a lot. Two years. And that's two years in like a very positive manner though. I think that's two years. And I think that you're going to be so high up working with something good that you're going to be just past what you're doing there because there's no point in trying to compete with Steve in that sense, because you'll be, growing mm. so i feel like you could end up on like so I'm, don't take it in the wrong way i think it's i think you're becoming such an asset to our sport and you're getting so well known thanks to steve that not
3: not not none whatsoever my like what my work ethic though right just steve. i'm
5: sorry but think about <laughs> how many people have been trying to do what you're doing right now yeah but so many l- listen not saying that what you're doing is not good or like hey, you haven't been just killing it but yeah it helps to have those ends. Oh, I mean, it's the same sport. I,
3: I can't, I don't know what the percent pie I would give Steve, but 69. Okay. That's fair. But <laughs> most people that come from a position where I came from of basically just a random fan that sort of started doing a podcast and sort of started getting their foot in the door. Don't like, they just kind of expect it to happen or they give up. And I literally put, more than a full 40 hours a week into the podcast stuff and everything I do. And I work my... I I am literally getting about five hours of sleep a night. That's how much time I put into it. I get up at 5 a.m. and I start writing or I start interviewing or I start cutting audio for this wrap-up show. And then I work. And when I go to lunch at my day job, I go sit in our break room and I open my laptop up and I start editing or typing. It is like a part a big part of it... I'm patting myself on the back, but I work my fucking balls off. To- hey,
5: and this just goes back to show that hard work, you know, delivers.
3: Yeah, agreed. But I, I cannot and will not take anything away from what Steve does. He sort of exaggerates a little bit of some of the goofy stuff, but when it comes down to how much he actually helps me out, it's a lot. So... Very, very appreciative, Steve and Kiefer and Weeds and all those guys for everything they do, and and guys like yourself, Justin, for coming on the show. You know, when you you kind of talked about the WWE Reds thing, is like, who the fuck were you? I don't know who you are, you know, to me. But you still then, did um, the interview. You, you came on the show, you know, and and it was guys like yourself and Nick's learning that now as he's growing the Moto Limited show and getting guests. Like it's you, you have to build relationships and you have to be there, and 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 the writers and the industry people have to trust you over time to be like, okay, this guy's not going to say something stupid or, or, you know, or.
5: That's the big thing. Yeah. That's the hardest part about trying to interview. It's like, I've had people want to do podcasts with me and they ask me in their first message to me, such a ridiculous question that I just say, no. Oh yeah. But, and it's like, they're like, Hey, we, can you, can we do an interview at Millville this weekend? And I'm like, dude, have you not seen me like not racing? Like I don't (laughs) do nationals. Like just stuff like that. Like you can tell they don't pay attention. They just are like, Hey, we know who he is. He'll come on, you know, we're just going to try to get clout off this guy. they will do anything. Yeah. We don't like, that's the stuff we don't like, but if you create a relationship with us, that's where we're like, yes, I'm in. That's how, like with Steve and you, like you, I have relationships with you guys. So when you need something, I'm like, yes, I'm in. I'm like, yeah.
3: But I had it. to build that relationship, right? You didn't know who the hell I was at WW no, ranch. And, no, and I course. did I, know who you were. You know, that I fucking brain farted. I called you by your name before <laughs> I started the interview.
5: Yeah, but then you forgot about me when, when it mattered. So that's where we're at. So
3: <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick, you know this too, as you guys, you and Trent are building your show in Australia and trying to get, you know, it, it takes a lot. And it does, you know, Steve letting you and Trent come in studio, like that's, that is him being um, supportive, really. I mean, he didn't have to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, going from uh, a couple rounds in and then, you know, like Salt Lake City, it would just. Yeah, hanging shit on each other and you know having a good time. There's a lot of riders like um, you know I'm gonna use it again. Like Christian, um, he he did things to me that he you know should just have say he to, did or, things to you I, or you did what you just I, I wish yeah, he like, would. <laughs> 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 that is the quote that is a quote no, said that. um you know he he, he did things and uh, for us and, and stuff to help us and, and a lot of the guys over there that um you know it's exactly it's relationship and you know i have a good uh, a good bond with a lot of guys over there now that you know i can talk to and uh, you know you're a you're a major part of that as well dark Side, because every time uh, I'm with you. You'll introduce us to every single person you meet and and stuff like that. And um, it's something I really appreciate. And uh, I can sort of uh, understand where you're coming from because I'm in your exact same spot you were a couple of years ago.
3: Yeah. It's just uh, grinding and building relationships. And uh, I've mentioned this many times, like the first time I ever met Steve, uh, well, not the first time. I guess as as I once I was involved with a podcast, the very first time I met Steve was at Dallas Supercross in 18. I sat next to him in the press box, tried not to bother him too much, but I did ask him some questions, and probably more than he wanted to be asked, but he answered all my questions. And then as time went on, I went to a few more races, and I would see him. I would say, hey, man, can I ask you a couple questions about you know, how you deal with – like Justin, I asked him at – I think at A1 in – 19? yeah it had to be 19 i was like hey so if you talk to somebody and they tell you hey this is off the record i said steve sometimes you talk you you break stuff before it's supposed to be broke like how do you decide what you say out loud when it's supposed to be off the record he said well if they tell me it's off the record then it's off the record i don't you know and he just gave me a little piece of advice you know and he there's been times he would, uh, I would call him or I text him and say, Hey, man, can I ask you a question? Sure. So I'd call him during the day and, like, dude, I'm having this audio qu- issue, just like we had a little while ago. And he'd go, Well, you need to upgrade to this or you need to get this. Uh, you know, hey, I had a droid when I first started doing the show. And he's like, Dude, I'm going to send you an iPhone if that's what it takes. You got to get an iPhone. You need FaceTime. Like, he was so helpful in, in pointing me in the right direction. Like, you know, he, joking Monday night, he is absolutely not worried and has no need to be worried about me coming in his footsteps footsteps and taking anything away i mean he is very secure in what he does and clip, very
5: clip that clip it clip it yeah clip that we need that he's gonna use that yep. against you
3: yep. oh yeah right yep. well that's
5: right
3: <laughs> if he wants to clip it then he can have somebody clip it i'm not clipping it i do enough <laughs> of that shit let's move on that's enough that's way too much about me and but uh steve's a good dude he really has helped out a lot. Uh, here's and a, just
5: one more thing about it. if you think about it, Steve is so willing to help other podcasts. That's the cool thing about him is he's not like, no, I'm going to be the best one and the only one. I'm yeah. taking over. He's right. willing to do whatever it takes to make sure everyone succeeds. Yeah,
3: I actually remember, and we're still going on this topic, but the first time I ever had him on my show, uh, it, hell, it was technically it wasn't even my show. It was the guys that I I was part of that I stole it from. Uh, but I was like, I reached out to him and I was like, Hey man, I I didn't even have his number. I had to email him. Right. And I was like, Hey, uh, we'd love to have you as a guest on the show. And he responded pretty quick. He's like, man, I I don't think, I think I'm gonna pass. And I said, okay, no problem. Like 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, he he emails me back. He goes, you know what? I'll do it, man. You're a good dude. Why not? I'll get, I'll I'll come on. So he came on like, we were blown away. You know, at that time we had just started having guests and Steve Mathis was a huge deal. All of us were fans. And it was really cool. He didn't have to do that. And he did. So anybody, the people out there that talk about Steve being an asshole or or, um, elitist, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of what he does is on air antics. It is. I mean, some of the shit he means, but he definitely exaggerates it on air. And he is a genuinely good human being. So let's move on. General question to both of you. Probably should have given you a heads up. Nick. If there was one thing or anything you could change about the Pulp Mix show, can you think of something that you'd like to see done differently or go away, et cetera?
1: Yeah, I'd love to see it on a better time in Australia.
3: <laughs> okay.
1: All right. <laughs> That's
3: fair. How about you, Justin?
5: Uh, man, I don't know. I Maybe, honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing one or two more guests on, and maybe just shorten up their segments just a little bit just so that you kind of get like some more like maybe talk to them in advance. get some, like some hard hitting stuff, then get another guy, then get another guy. But at the same time, it's also kind of nice to listen to him, talk for a minute. So mm-hmm. it's it's a little tough, you know, like I, I would like to see to see more, but it would also be tough to get more because you also – when you're in studio, it's, it's so nice to hear the general discussion instead of just listening to people talk. So, yeah, yeah. um, you know, it's tough. I, that would be something I would need to really think about. And I don't know if I could come up with something. I, I really don't. And I've, like I said, I've done the show five times. Sure. I've listened to it pretty much every weekend and or uh, every Monday. And it's, I, I don't know. I, I got just genuinely, don't know. <laughs> okay, that's fair. My only thing and this is not even
3: really a complaint, it's just again selfish because of everything I go I have going on. I wish it was 1 hour shorter now. Before I did the wrap up, it could have went longer. Now that I do the wrap up and I have to listen live Monday to get it done, midnight 12:30 my time. Man, I'm like I'm dying and then I'm back up at 5 the next morning. So, yeah, I would love it to be shorter. Like literally this week first time I've ever done this, I had my timer set. As soon as he went to commercial break, I had a 15 minute timer set and I completely passed out. I was zonked for both commercial breaks. <laughs> wow. That's how fucking tired I am these days. And like I woke well, up and I was like, I don't Go ahead.
5: I don't listen live. I have uh, to when I'm at home. Like yeah, for me, like I won't. I'll wait till the next day yeah. and I'll play it back. Um yeah, I won't listen live when I'm at here, but when I'm in California, I'll listen to it. Because, gotcha. You know, the time it's earlier, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the time thing. Maybe I mean it'd be cool if he could start it earlier. You know, well, he's, I don't it, know it already is the, an
3: hour earlier than it used to be, right? Because it didn't it used to be at I mean, eight. It, or it'd well, be
5: cool eight. if it was even earlier. Yeah, you know, like just the little things like that. So I guess if there was thing, maybe maybe just earlier.
3: Yeah, the only problem with that is he's starting five o'clock Pacific, and if he started, let's say four o'clock, that's like most people are still at work, so it's really too early for the Pacific crowd. Um. But yeah, I, I definitely I have to listen on Mondays live, or I'll never get the audio pulled. It just won't happen for this, so right. that that makes it difficult. But that's not the worst problem to have. Like it's it's not like oh well, this part of the show sucks. I wish you'd get rid of it. So, um, I'm gonna I was gonna ask Nick Nick if you ha- have a quick answer. Uh, Justin had to comment on his two uh, the two riders in each class that impressed him the most can you think of two real quick off uh, quickly from each class that really just have stepped up and impressed you
1: um, I'm going to go with Hunter for the 250 class uh-huh. um, he's he's turning into the guy that I thought he should be and I think he's going to be even better than this and then uh, for the 450 class dude you've got to go with Sexton um, he's, he's, you know, yeah. he's, he's he's choosing to be one of the one of the uh, one of the guys, and you know, it's it's only uh, it's only going to be a couple of races away, so it's um going to be pretty good. So, and then for another rider in the four fifty class is, is Jason Anderson. Yeah. Um, still got some weird stuff happening for him, but I think it's he's he's a thousand times better than he was when he was on the Husky. So I think he's going to get another overall win again. So there's, there's just a couple guys. Yeah.
3: Okay. Good picks. Uh, two more things, and we're gonna wrap this thing up. Just uh yeah, Justin, is Talon in love? Is Talon gonna get married to Yar Yar? I mean
5: It's it's certainly sounds like it. I know. I was like I've a never, little I've never met her. I don't know what she looks like. She's I don't cute. know anything um in that sense, but uh
1: yeah, he seems uh smitten? Pretty pretty happy, very smitten.
5: You're right. Yeah, very it's... smitten.
1: We um we we went out for we went out for a drink me, Talon, and Yaya when we're over there. Okay. He's 100% in love.
3: That's cool, because you kind of get those vibes, like right. sometimes Steve asks questions or whatever, and he's like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Whatever. But then, like, I think he's just playing it up a little bit. I think I think he's in love. It's going to be uh, Talon and Yaya wedding 2023. He's I could good see God. it. I like it. I like it. Maybe I'll get invited. I, I do think I'm going back out soon. Steve and I were texting about that today, so I may be back in studio... Here soon, I hope. Uh, life swap. That's the last thing I want to talk about. They joked about it. They talked about it. Supposedly it's coming. I don't see a time ever, Justin, where this is going to work. Like Kiefer's way too busy. There's always podcasts to be done. I just don't see how how Kiefer can not test for a week.
5: I'll see it. Yeah. I, I could see it happening in more of an off-season time for us. Uh I was saying like after Loretta's do something and Steve's like, nope, too hot. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, get a fan. I don't know. Yeah. You know, like just suck <laughs> it up for a little bit. It's a week, you know. Um, but yeah, I could see it happening. I think it'd be cool. It'd be really fun to see it and like hear it and all that. So I hope it happens. But I mean, if, in my opinion, it should just happen during like the off season and the more downtime that uh, our sport does have here soon.
3: Yeah, uh, Nick. Any thoughts on life swap? Do you? I, like I've said a couple of times, I don't think it lasts a week. Even if they go, okay, here's the schedule. We're both sort of freed up for this week. I just don't see Steve living with Heather and not coming home after thirty hours.
1: I uh, I, I agree with, with Starling. I think it's going to be an all season thing, and I just hope to God that uh, the Pod Next show that they have following that they have no guests, <laughs> they have nothing and it's just five hours of the, probably the funniest content we will ever get.
3: Heather and Pookie in studio. Agreed. Heather. Yes, I agree yep. with that. <laughs> okay. Yep. Done. That's locked in. Uh, I like it. We got to make sure it happens. I want to thank the sponsors, motorsport.com guts, racing, Michelin bicycle tires and seal savers for sponsoring the, the wrap up show. And I want to thank all the other sponsors, fly racing, X brand goggles, maxima etc cetera, etc cetera, for sponsoring the pulp show so that we can continue to have pulp shows go to uh, pulpmexshow.com click on the sponsor logos use the discount code support them if you have any questions comments concerns criticisms of this wrap-up show darkside at I'd love to hear from you guys uh just anything we didn't touch on that i missed
5: uh, no, I think it was pretty good. Everything was, uh, it was a good show. It was super fun. Enjoyed being out there. Didn't enjoy the travel to get there. Long way. Yeah. Uh, my back, my back's still sore. Was, <laughs> the travel's fine. It's the, it's the plastic seats I sat on. Um, but we at least we figured out why I was put on spirit. Uh, he had to have a nice hotel room near the airport in Pittsburgh. Okay. Uh, so I think yeah, we get that. Yeah, but, uh, right, right. yeah, no, it was, uh, it was super fun and I always enjoy it. And, uh, you know, I always enjoy the wrap up show. I still think that you should have two different guests, not one from the show. Um and I'll stand by that uh on your side. All
1: right. Nick, anything I missed? Um, it's funny about that spirit thing. I literally when you guys were talking about it, I Googled it to see what a spirit airplane is or what the seats look like and it was pretty funny. But one last question I have is what did you what did you guys have for dinner? What was the uh what was the meal?
5: oh yeah yeah so uh firehouse subs uh, i had a uh, an italian Ooh. sub and uh yeah, it was actually really good hadn't had it in a while so yeah it was uh, italian subs i was thinking maybe we we're gonna get sushi or something but since it was just me firehouse subs
3: the barbecue brisket sandwich or whatever the thing is that's the one i like there
5: i always get the italian i'm like obsessed with it i guess okay. I the only thing i've ever really gotten there to be honest with you it's just so good
3: yeah. I meant to ask, I actually have in a big old circle here, commercial break meal. So to add on to that
5: question, he, but, gave, he gave me an option. He'd said like, Hey, do you, is firehouse subs good or do you want something else? Yeah, And I was like, Nope, I'm good with firehouse. Like that's totally fine. So I think I could have changed it if I wanted to. Sure. Um, but no, I was pretty content because I hadn't had it in a while and it sounded good.
3: Anything exciting happened during any of the commercial breaks? Any discussions that maybe, uh, you can talk about?
5: no honestly it was uh it was pretty calm um i know there was discussion with with yar yar and them at the table uh because i stood i didn't sit at the table with them because i stood because my back was hurting so bad from the flight um but yeah i mean it was it seemed kind of normal uh maybe i think just a little bit more laid back just because it was me you know so Mm -hmm. it was uh i'm not you know i guess like the crazier guys that come in there sometimes like blair or something um but yeah, it was, and it seemed fine. It was just calm. It was really, it was a really a calm time, which I actually thoroughly enjoyed.
3: Yeah, right up. All right. Good show. Uh, thanks to Nick Steele from Moto Limited and Justin Starling from JSR Motorsports for coming on. That's a wrap, guys. We're
6: out. Why would you want to talk, re-talk about the pulp Show?
3: See yeah. yeah.